Welcome everybody to yet another inspiring episode of Founders Gyan and thanks for tuning in. Each week we bring you the inspiring story of a startup and the founder behind it. This is episode 18 and this week's guest is Sana Ora, the founder and CEO of India.in that is i n d e a r . i n. India is an inspirational planning and shopping portal for Indian weddings. India is probably the first and only one of its kind startup in the Indian wedding space and I'm super excited to bring you this episode. Do check out the show notes at www.foundersgyan.com/ep18 and also have a look at the top listen podcasts on www.foundersgyan.com/top. What are we waiting for? Let's get on with the show. Sana, welcome to the show. Super excited to speak to you. A quick brief on Sana. She is the CEO and founder of India.in, an online content aggregator for Indian weddings. Sana is not new to the entrepreneurial world, having found co-founded 2020 Restaurant Discount LLC back in 2009. Sana has a BA from Brown University and had a stint as an analyst at Morgan Stanley for about 2.5 years before starting India. Sana great to meet you and thanks a lot for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your knowledge wisdom and time with our listeners thank you uh, thanks a lot for agreeing to be on the show uh, thanks for having me okay um, so let's talk a bit more about your journey so can you fill in your blanks from the intro about your journey before india sure so going way back i grew up partly in india singapore and the philippines and i actually graduated high school uh, from manila after which i attended brown university in rhode island and it was there that i founded my first business with a few friends offering restaurant discounts uh, in restaurants around the university area during off peak hours and that was honestly my first brush with entrepreneurship it wasn't really something i had much exposure to earlier and i just really loved the idea of building a business from scratch that was actually providing something of use and of benefit both to the students as well as to restaurant owners Uh, at the same time i also got more interested in finance and i decided when i graduated brown in 2012 that i would join morgan stanley and work uh, in the investment banking division focusing on uh, equity transactions in the technology sector so i mean it was pretty interesting for a while but i think that sort of entrepreneurial bug never left me and my job there was basically working on initial public offerings and follow on offerings for really innovative tech companies in the us and so i was exposed to founders and CEOs and CFOs on a daily basis and I realized that you know that's what I wanted to get back into the actual operations of a technology business as opposed to just financing them and India honestly was uh, it came across by like a little bit of chance maybe a little bit of destiny uh, my good friend's sister was getting married and I was back in India for about a week on holiday in January 2014 and she was telling me about her sister's wedding what she was wearing what her sister was wearing the decor um you know the invitations and to give me a sense of what everything was like she had to go to whatsapp threads uh, email chains word documents with pictures stuck to it the entire process was extremely disorganized and i think that experience stayed with me i remember thinking there has to be a better way to do this so i went back to the states i continued doing some research i looked at models in the us and in india and i found that a there was no centralized site for high quality wedding content in india and then b there was no way to actually uh book services or buy products and actually fulfill uh you know the different parts of the uh, wedding planning process that you decide on through sort of these vendor aggregators 
and so that's what i decided what i that's when i decided that i wanted to build an inspiration planning and shopping portal from indian weddings a complete end to end solution and uh, that's what i started to do and i recruited my early team and we launched the content part of the website so the inspiration part of the website in november 2014 uh, in august uh, of this year about a couple of months ago we launched launched india shop where you can actually purchase wedding fashion costume jewelry gifts and favors directly from us and uh, we're actually launching a services marketplace where uh, users will be able to book services like hair makeup mehndi caterers venues etc directly from us as well so it's been your know, really really interesting journey i've learned a lot about the wedding space and basically just want to bring a degree of organization uh, and you know ease to a space that historically has been extremely fragmented and extremely disorganized okay excellent now so the next question was about the origin of india but i think you you touched on that a little bit but can you explain a bit more on what is india i mean is it like an online wedding planner or or is it something different how would you classify it so i think the best way to to describe it simply is an inspiration planning and shopping portal for indian weddings on the inspiration front when you come on to india you can search for anything from you know nature inspired wedding invitations to peach georgette anarkali and uh, you'll you'll you know a lot of images will come up in your search that all are linked to sources so unlike pinterest where you know you can find a lot of inspiration but you have no idea how to actually get that for yourself or fulfill that yourself with us since we source all of our images from our brand partners once you find something you like you know exactly how you can get it you have the contact details of the people that you can reach out to and you can save the ideas that you like onto boards and share those those boards with family and friends which we think is really important in the indian wedding planning process since most decisions are made uh, multilaterally you know the bride and groom typically aren't planning the wedding themselves the parents are involved the friends the chachas the chachis and so we wanted to make sure that our portal was conducive for that and uh, at this point you can also contact the brands and vendors directly for hire the feedback that we ended up getting was that okay great i found what i like on your portal but can you make it easier for me to actually get this for myself and so that's when we decided okay for products we're going to actually start a product marketplace which is shop.india.in where you can purchase the products yourself and then for services we're going to begin a services marketplace where you can book the services yourself as well so then instead of sort of going to you know a vendor directly or calling up random numbers you see listed in a vendor directory you can manage your entire process from the ideation stage to the actual booking stage completely on our platform uh, which is a differentiator because uh, we're the only platform in the wedding market right now that processes real time transactions okay excellent uh, now for our budding founders listening out there can you tell us uh, how to replicate your thought process and come up with a winning idea so honestly i wasn't really looking for a win- winning idea i think i always had an understanding that building businesses made me happy and i knew that in time that was definitely something i wanted to pursue at some point maybe later in my life uh, and it would have to be obviously in a field that i was passionate about and that i enjoyed and that i wanted to sort of you know um sink my teeth into but india came about sort of just by chance you know i happened to be speaking to my friend she happened to be highlighting the difficulty and then that experience stayed with me so i think 
for someone who is actively thinking about starting a business and isn't sure what industry to start in or what kind of business to pursue the first thing i would say is just keep your eyes and ears open because it's when people highlight problems that they're facing in their life those are kind of you know the biggest opportunities the bigger the problem the bigger the opportunity i genuinely believe that and then i think the second thing is you know even when you come across problems that are big you have to think like do i want to dedicate 90% of my waking hours or not even 90% of my waking hours probably 90% of my hours in general you end up dreaming about your business um to this industry and to this field is this something that is truly meaningful to me does it really excite me because for example you know there may have been a huge opportunity selling engines for lawn mowers in india but i just i don't care about lawn mowers and selling engines for lawn mowers and so that's not a business that i would have pursued but this is something that a is a big opportunity and b is something that i am really excited about and so i think that those two factors make it a good fit okay excellent now once you had this idea what did you do in order to make this into a reality did, did you do a bit of market study or, or what was the next steps and could you explain that so that our listeners also understand uh, once they have an idea what they need to do in order to make it into a reality sure so i think the most important thing is to talk to people i focused on talking to two sets of people uh, one are actual customers so people who are getting married or families who are getting their sons or daughters married and figuring out okay like what part of the process do they find difficult if there was an online solution what would they want it to entail uh, you know, what are the kind of vendors or segments that they think are especially important what are features that they would like included on a platform like this and the second thing which is important i think in an aggregation business is talking to the actual vendors what do you need what difficulty do you have reaching consumers what are the kind of consumers you would want to reach what is some information that you think that you know that people ask you every time they want to book your business that we should have on our platform so i think just speaking to people and understanding what the problem is and how and then building your solution according to that is really important so i think sometimes what tends to happen is that we get stuck on an idea and then we listen to people's feedback and we listen selectively and say okay yeah this could be you know my idea would fit into solving this but i think the way to do it is you know clear your head don't think about what your product looks like think about what the problem is and then build your product around that problem uh so i think that's the most important thing and then secondly i think most founders who i sort of heard interviews of or you know read interviews of say this hiring is just extremely critical uh on the one hand obviously you want to hire smart uh, team as soon as possible but on the other hand these are the people you're going to be spending a lot of time with your business is going to pivot your business is going to pursue different opportunities so you need to make sure that you hire people who uh in terms of like their attitude and their personality are a good fit not just for an early stage startup but also for the way you know for the other people on your team and for the way that you want to kind of build your team so it took me you know a while to hire my first few employees but after that it becomes a lot easier because they draw upon their friends and their networks to bring people on and then you sort of set your company culture in the way that uh, you want to at the very beginning i think it's harder to kind of go back and re keep reimagining it it's easier to kind of think about the kind of atmosphere you want to create the kind of work environment you want to create and make sure that those values are important to the people you're bringing on as well okay excellent now how difficult is it to be a woman entrepreneur and what advice would you specifically give to women entrepreneurs listening out there uh honestly i uh, from my personal experience I think I would have faced 
very similar challenges whether i was a woman entrepreneur or a male entrepreneur um to me everyone i've met in the industry whether they've been you know female or male or uh, have been both in terms of vendors in terms of uh, customers in terms of um, you know uh, investors etc have been extremely open and helpful i've met a lot of founders in the general technology space not just in the wedding space who've been really generous with their time with making introductions uh so i think the challenges that i faced personally have more to do with just being a young entrepreneur who has come from abroad to india and is trying to create a bit of a base here and uh and you know trying to sort of make connections uh to the right people in the wedding business to get them on board the platform as opposed to being a woman or a man okay we all hear about founders sacrificing family time to make their ventures a success can you tell us a bit more about uh, your own family and how you manage to balance business and family life sure so uh my family is actually sort of spread out all over the world um you know my parents and one of my sisters lives in singapore and my other sister actually works in new york um and i live here in bombay and so um you know i actually haven't lived with my family for about 8 or 9 years so we are very good at sort of skype and whatsapp and keeping touch kind of uh, through technology that's been something that we've just done for a really long time uh obviously you know whenever they're in india uh, you know, we spend time together i try and go to singapore uh, you know a couple of times a year as well um but even just you know not including family even in terms of just balancing your business with you know your life outside of your business whether it be your friends whether it be your interests i think what i have just realized is especially in the early stages of the business like there is really no balance uh you know if you love what you're doing and you're excited about building it that's going to be what you are thinking about all the time 24 hours a day and i don't want to turn it off you know i want to do this as well as i can i want to build the base as strong as possible um but i think the most important thing is how you kind of let those thoughts affect you so it's very easy when you know things are not going your way to sort of um to sort of get really discouraged or to sort of sink into um you know a little bit of a downward spiral uh and you obsess over what's going wrong as opposed to obsessing over what's going right i think it's really important to be realistic i think it's really important to have a good sense of what do you do well what do you not do well what do others do well what do they not do well uh but at the end of the day even after making those appraisals and figuring out okay these are things i would like to do better on it's important to sort of keep a good attitude keep a calm attitude because that i think um is is far more productive uh so i like i genuinely believe that it's healthier to you know work 16 hours a day and have a positive attitude than work 8 hours a day and then just drive yourself into worry for the other 8 hours uh, you know because you don't feel like you're doing enough or using your time productively etc okay excellent excellent advice i like it now is there a morning or a daily ritual that you follow can you share it with myself and our listeners um i tend to check a lot of my emails in the morning uh so that's something i like to try and get done before i get to work because when i'm at work i'm sort of being pulled in a lot of different directions whether it's tech or business development or marketing so i want to make sure i have time to kind of interact with my employees answer questions brainstorm together uh so i try and get done with you know more individual work in the morning advice i've heard that i'm 
now trying to implement if people say that it's good to sort of tackle the largest problem you have on your plate in the morning uh i started trying to do that i'm not quite there yet but the days that i have done that i found it extremely helpful because then sort of you know the thing that's hanging over your head like oh i really need to get this done instead of trying to squeeze it in later in the day when there are a lot of other constraints on your time when it's the first thing out of the door in the morning then you suddenly feel like your day is a lot freer you have less on your mind you can you know give your attention to other things so that's advice i've heard from someone else that i i genuinely kind of want to integrate into my own schedule okay okay brilliant uh, you you actually answered a question that was i that i was about to ask so uh, good for you uh, so that was what's the best advice somebody has given you so would you classify that as tackle the biggest thing on your plate first thing uh, is is that the best advice you ever heard uh i i think yeah that's definitely one piece of advice i think the second piece of advice that i would give you know anyone starting a company which is something i alluded to earlier is just pay really really careful attention to the team that you're building not just in terms of skill set but in terms of their attitude in terms of their personality in terms of the kind of work environment they thrive in i have been really really fortunate to have great team members who you know are also you know feel ownership over the business feel pride over the business you know put in founder like ours um, because you know they care about the business and the business cares about them you know so i think that's really really uh, important as well okay excellent now can you tell us something about yourself that is not commonly known uh that's not commonly known hmm uh i guess uh, so even though you know i had a student run business at uh, brown and i ended up working in finance i actually majored in uh, economics and development at brown university and like uh, one of my passions outside of business is uh, economic development uh, both in terms of theory but also in terms of practice i find um, the social sector really interesting uh, you know it's uh, very different from the kind of work i do uh, but uh, i love reading up about it and kind of seeing how traditional business practices can uh, impact the social sector and make a difference for sort of you know the bottom billion of the population so i guess that's something that i don't really get a chance to talk about very much in the wedding industry but it is something i'm really interested in okay that's that's great to hear now you are a young entrepreneur so uh, there are two questions here so the first question is how did you decide to risk uh, kind of everything and get into entrepreneurship so early and the second question is uh, being a young entrepreneur has it has it made any difference at all to the way people treat you uh, as compared to let's say if you're maybe uh, 15 years uh, uh, older uh sure so to answer your first question uh it wasn't sort of you know i when i was younger i never had a plan that okay i'm going to turn 23 and start looking at business ideas and like you know launch a business at 24 that was never really in uh my plan but i the reason i kind of risked it is because risked sort of gave up a comfortable job moved here is because i genuinely believe the wedding market in india is an absolutely fantastic place to grow an online business. Now there hasn't been a clear winner in the space. The only thing that's really worked so far is matrimonial sites, as I'm sure you're aware, but I think there's a lot of scope to not just organize the market, but to bring that market online, make it easier to access, make information more accessible and then make actual booking of vendors and buying of products more easy and accessible for Indian families too. 
you know, I have so many people who come to me and say, you know, when my sister was getting married, we had to set up a war room in our house where we everyone would spend all of their weekends, like, getting addresses, sending gifts, like, you know, going to, like, 40 showrooms to look at outfits before going back to the first one and actually purchasing it. So there's a lot of room to make this process a lot easier and a lot more fun and a lot, pers- a lot more personal. And so, to me, it was a no-brainer that this is something that uh, is a huge opportunity. It's something that I would love to do. And obviously, I would much rather, you know, spend my time building a business, you know, of my own that is meaningful to me and other people than working in a job where, you know, there were certain things I enjoyed and there were certain things I didn't necessarily enjoy as much. So, you know, that's my answer to the first part of your question. The second part of your question, yeah, I do feel, uh, you know, if maybe I had been older, if I had had more direct experience in the wedding space, uh, you know, it may have been, but in the case of certain uh, people I came across, maybe they would have taken me a little bit more seriously in the beginning or from the get-go. But I think at the end of the day, there are two things. One is you really have to let your product speak for itself. So I think now when you know I tell people I'm 25, uh, they don't care because they look at the product, they see how they see that you know it's a high quality product. People are using it, vendors are happy with it, customers are happy with it. At the end of the day, you, they want to be on a platform that's beneficial to them. And so I think it stops being uh, as much of a focus when you show them like what you can build and I think uh, the second thing is that when you have an entrepreneur who maybe historically has not spent too much time in a sector, you come in with a different perspective and you come in with different ideas. And sometimes it's much harder to have that perspective if you've been entrenched in an industry for 10 or 20 years because you're used to things being the way that they are. So in a in a sense, I think being younger and coming from a slightly different background is also advantageous in its own ways. Okay, excellent, excellent answers, and I really like it. Now, uh, startups come with a lot of pressure, so give us some tips on how we can handle pressure when things aren't going well. Uh, the first thing I think is it's important to build a support system, not just uh, people in the startup world or in the business world, but also people outside of it. You know, I speak to friends and families when my and my family when I'm frustrated about things or when I need ideas on how to manage certain issues. And at the same time, speaking to other founders is really helpful because they're the only ones who can truly put themselves in your shoes and understand the kind of pressure you're feeling or, uh, you know, understand the kind of problems you're dealing with on a daily basis. You know, especially for an early stage startup, you almost never know what the next day is going to hold. And so, you know, you have to learn to be kind of comfortable with that mindset and then roll with the highs and with the lows at the same time. Uh, I think the other thing is just to, yeah, really check. I think I mentioned this before, is just to really uh, be realistic, appraise your business, figure out what you're doing well, figure out what you're not doing well, but then, you know, don't let the punches keep you down. You know, you have to keep getting up, you have to keep doing better. And honestly, uh, I genuinely believe that um, every time you solve a problem, you know, you're getting closer to the solution. And so, you know, there have been certain features on our website that we've tweaked. We've tried once, twice, thrice. And the fourth time, like, we've built something that, you know, has resonated more with the consumer. And so with every single thing on our portal, we make sure that, A, we're appraising it, we're seeing the response to it, and we keep building better and better versions to better suit the needs of consumers. Um, Other than that, I would say, you know, I've actually recently started doing yoga. I found it extremely helpful. It really sort of clears my head. I do it two or three times a week. So for anyone who's looking for 
um you know uh, an activity like that i would i would definitely recommend it okay excellent uh, we just have a few more questions now what is the revenue model of india and what's the future you envision for india sure so the revenue model is uh, is commission based so on the product marketplace essentially we receive a commission for every product sold and when the services marketplace launches we will receive a commission for every service booked uh we chose this model specifically because our focus wanted we wanted our focus to be on getting high quality products and services on the portal and actually aggregating products and services that the consumer wants to buy a lot of other um, people in the wedding industry and players in the wedding industry have a sort of vendor listing model where they get paid by the vendor for listing them on their platform but what we found there is then that you know the tendency ends up happening that people will list more and more vendors that don't necessarily meet you know certain quality criteria because you know that's the way they make money the more vendors on the platform the better but for us because the focus has been extremely consumer driven and you know actually providing goods and services making the process easier uh we made sure that the vendors that we bring on board are of an extremely high quality and they're vendors that the consumer can trust uh, on their wedding day so that's our business model it's commission driven essentially and in terms of our future ambition there are a few things that i mentioned that we're doing one is obviously the launch of the services marketplace uh, the second is you know building a more comprehensive planning tool and launching that uh, early next year and lastly just expanding our geographic footprint as much as possible uh, right now on the product marketplace uh, shop.india.in we deliver all over india as well as to most countries all over the world and on the services side obviously that tends to be a little bit more location focused so we're launching with a focus on bombay and delhi but uh, as time goes on we're obviously going to increase our footprint and make sure we have high quality vendors and services in every city in india and beyond okay excellent now can you tell us about your worst entrepreneurial moment and how did you turn it around and the lessons you learned from that experience let me think about this i mean i don't think that there i don't think you know i don't think one moment um i don't think one moment particularly stands out as sort of my worst moment or my lowest moment uh but i do think you know there have been times where you know i felt you know really overwhelmed by the amount of work that needs to be done in a certain period of time or feeling pressure to get a product out in a certain amount of time and i think what i've learned is a you know pressure and stress in an industry like this is normal and b when you have a team that you can rely on you can count on you know, you just have to learn to delegate and just as you know i think most entrepreneurs will sort of acknowledge the fact that you know every day you sort of rise to a new challenge and you rise to it in a way that you didn't know that you could or you didn't expect that you would ever have to and just how you know you kind of develop yourself and you learn how to do that and face new challenges when you don't necessarily know the answer in the beginning uh, your team can do the same and so uh you know i've kind of the, the longer sort of i've had a team the longer we've been working together you know i make sure to involve them when there are things that you know require um you know a lot attention or require you know a new way to think about doing something and you know, more often than not you know we figure out a way to do it together and everyone everyone wants to learn everyone wants to do better everyone wants to rise to challenge to do to go beyond their job description and so it's actually a really nice way to sort of uh, share the pressure okay excellent advice uh, i really like that uh, can you recommend any books or resources for our budding entrepreneurs 
Sure. Uh, so I actually have two books that are my favorite that are very different. Um, one, I'm sure a lot of people have read. It's uh, Zero to One by Peter Thiel. So he's, uh, you know, the co-founder of uh, PayPal. And then he founded uh, the Founders Fund, which, uh, you know, which um, invested in Facebook and, you know, companies like that. And his book, I think, is great for people who have not yet built a business but are thinking about it and are interested in it because he just lays out a really, really interesting framework about how to think about the kind of business you want to build, the kind of value it should add, the kind of moats you should build around it to build a an effective business and also to a certain extent an impenetrable business. Um, and he really turned some sort of um, well-accepted business theories around monopolies and things like that on its head. It's really, really interesting and it's actually quite a short read. So I would definitely recommend that. And uh, the second book I would recommend is actually for people who are maybe, you know, a year into their business it's called The Hard Things About Hard Things. Um, it's by um, the one of the founders of uh, Andreessen Horowitz, uh, Ben Horowitz, which is a really um, prolific uh, venture capital firm in California. And this is just, you know, a founder's guide to like, how do you deal with the little things that no one really spends time discussing, but are so integral to building a business, like hiring a team, uh, dealing with personal conflicts dealing with your psychology as a founder. You know, these are topics that aren't typically explored in the most popular business literature, but are so, so key to your everyday activities. And he just lays out a really real, true guide uh, on how to get these sort of like very, you know, very important and integral day-to-day tasks done and how to maintain a certain mindset. And he takes you uh, through a very candid account of his journey um, as a founder and then later as an investor. Uh, so those are the two books that I would uh, recommend with my eyes closed. Okay, excellent. Thank you very much for that, Sana. Now, India is about one year plus. Uh, is, is that right? It's actually, ha- it hasn't even been live for a year. Uh, it's been live for about 11 months and the uh, product marketplace has been live for about two months. Okay, so let's consider that it's about a year. Uh, now, if you had to do this again, what would you do different if you had to start it now? Um. I think what I would have done differently is maybe uh, launched the product and services marketplace a little bit earlier, uh, just because, you know, I think that um, we focused on content for a while, which was very helpful in terms of building a base, building a name in the wedding industry, you know, like we have 200,000 fans on Facebook, a good Instagram following. So all of this is helpful uh, when you then move to a model where you're selling products and selling and, you know, helping people book services. But in retrospect, I would have probably wanted to launch these other two segments of my business a little bit earlier just to have more time to develop them and refine them. Yeah, I think that would probably be the one thing that uh, I would do differently. Okay, excellent. Uh, Now, I just have one final question. But before before we get to that, how can our listeners get in touch with you? Are you active on uh, LinkedIn, Twitter? Uh, Do you have a blog? What's the best way to reach, reach out to you online? So uh, I think LinkedIn and Twitter are great. Uh, you know, when I guess they'll have my the spelling of my name from this interview. And uh, the other thing is, you know, you can always uh, email me as well, uh, sana.vora at india.in, and uh, I'll I'll get back to you. I'm you know happy to help. And if there's anyone out there who you know has some ideas for us or has some interesting vendors we can get on board, I'm more than happy to hear that as well. 
Okay, excellent. So I just have one final question, but uh, before I move to that question, I just want to take the time to acknowledge and thank you for sharing your knowledge to myself and our listeners. And I'm also very grateful for the value you are adding into the world by means of your startup. So with that, we'll move on to the final question. And if there is one gyan that uh, you could give our would-be founders, what would that be? I think the one piece of advice I would give is don't let your entire day get drowned out by putting out small fires. Especially in the early stages of a startup, there are small things that come up every day, whether it's packages not being delivered on time or new products that need to be uploaded to the portal or you know the customer wanting something from you and it's very easy to kind of let your entire day get swallowed by these small issues and small problems and I think it's really important to make sure that you dedicate a certain part of your day a certain chunk of your day to focusing on the bigger picture what is it that you're trying to achieve in six months and are you taking little steps towards that every day because you know unlike sort of when you're in school and you're writing a paper or you're Studying for an exam, you can say, okay, okay, I'll finish this in a couple of days. I'll finish this in a week. But when you're building a business, that's not something that gets up and running in a week. That's something that requires a lot of thoughtful planning and a lot of care. And so I think making sure that you're dedicating time to the big picture every day is is extremely important. Okay, excellent advice, uh, Sana. Uh, I really like it and I'm sure our listeners would too. So thank you so much uh, for your time and it was a real pleasure chatting with you. And wish you continued success in your venture and uh, also good luck uh, with uh, your services marketplace that's launching very soon. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. There you have it, folks. Another great startup and story. Do check out www.foundersgyan.com slash EP18 for all the show notes and links to what was discussed on the show. If you do like the show, please subscribe and also share it with all your friends. I'll see you all next week with yet another inspiring startup and founder. But in the meantime, you do know what this show is meant to do. I hope you got inspired and do take action today. Thank you again for tuning in and have a wonderful rest of the week.